that stayed with me. And I was a TV producer for Good Morning America and Wall Street Journal TV and ABC and Entertainment Tonight. In the back of my brain, I always had this idea, like how to marry books and hotels. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Living a Life Through Books. I'm your host, Dr. Shanaz Ahmad, and today we are talking with Jane Ubel Meyer, the CEO of Bedside Reading. Before I go into this conversation, I have to tell you that Jane has the most impressive resume, if you will. Do not skip the section where I talk about her. Ready? Jane Ubelmeyer is an award-winning entrepreneur and former TV and film producer. Credits include Good Morning America, Wall Street Journal TV, Entertainment Tonight, and others. She's a columnist on book recommendations for Afar Magazine, Hampton's Summer Recommendations in 27 East and the Southampton Press. She has also made appearances on KTLA, USA Today, and Forbes. She founded Bedside Reading in 2017. This innovative author marketing program places books by the bedsides in luxury hotels and in the media. The goal? To introduce and promote an author to new readers and build their fan base. Jane and Bedside Reading believe an author's name is their brand. When you have the best hotel brands in the world promoting that author and their book to their guests on their social media platforms, in the media, and at book signings at the hotel, it can elevate the author to another level. Jane, who is happily married and lives in Connecticut, is an abstract painter and has had art shows in New York City, Hamburg, Germany, Beverly Hills, and Stamford, Connecticut. You can contact her at jane at bedsidereading.com. And if you want to know more, just go to bedsidereading.com. Didn't I tell you? Wasn't that an impressive resume? Let's get right to it. Here's Jane Ubel Meyer. Welcome, Jane. Thank you very much. I'm so excited to be here with you. I am excited to have you here. I have a ton of questions for you. Very curious. I okay. love what you're doing. It sounds Thank intriguing. You. So tell me what you do. Bedside Reading. Okay. So Bedside Reading is a company where we place books by the bedsides in luxury hotels and the concept and lifestyle hotels. And the concept is, is that if you are an author of a book, then you have to realize that your one book in 8,000 books that are published every single day. Correct. So how do you stand out? How do you build an audience? How do you build a fan base? How do you expand your fan base? So the books that we promote and, and we do not, so we promote fiction, nonfiction, business, wellness, spirituality. We stay away from politics. We stay away from self-help books. We stay away from anything that's really too racy. I'm not going to do Fifty Shades of Grey. And we <laughs> stay away from anything that's really faith-based books. That's what we do. So, But on the other hand, there's 8,000 books are published every single day. 
So I had to figure out what's the best way to promote an author. And that's kind of what this is all about is how to build a fan base. And so I look at everything that I do as a layer cake. Think about it. There are seven layers. Okay. Right? Let's think of a cake of layers, right? Okay. Basic foundation of the cake is the hotel. The hotel will take the book and place it in their rooms. So I own the real estate next to the bed. So if somebody walks into a hotel of ours and they go into the room, right by the bed will be one or two books right by the bed. So that those books are what I call real estate. They're okay. right by the bed because that's where the off that's where the the hotel guests will be sleeping at night, right? Correct. When they wake up, what do they do? They look at the clock. What's next to the clock? My books. Correct. So I'm right there. That's number one. Number two, that's the foundation of my program. Okay. The second layer is that the hotel will approve, they must approve each book that's placed in the hotel room, which means that if you have a brand like the Waldorf Astoria Beverly Hills or the Waldorf Astoria Chicago, they will not allow just any book to be by their bedside, will they? No, absolutely not. Right. So they have to approve every single book that's placed in the hotel. And we do that very simply by, I call the hotel or I send them an email. I said, I'm looking at this hotel. We, here's a link to the book on Amazon or wherever the link is. And then we have a discussion about the book. So each book is highly vetted before placement in my program. So here's the thing. Before we talk about your vetting process, okay? We're still at the okay. hotel. Okay. I'm Waldorf Astoria. That's you just right. called me about book xyz exactly and you're like xyz is amazing it talks about this and it talks about that and i'm thinking to myself you could say whatever you want well, you could have vetted it how do i know i don't have a vetting service is it just completely trust or how does that go so they so the the hotel will look at amazon They'll okay at, so they will look at the reviews on amazon Okay, they'll look okay. at what people have written about it. They'll look at the, the book cover. Okay. And they will make decisions based on the information that I could give them. Okay, okay. Fair All enough? Right. That's fair enough. Okay, okay all right. Okay. That's, so, we, that's, you've got, so that you've got that basic layer. Got the basic then layer. At mm-hmm. the hotel, the hotel okay. will photograph the book and then post something about the book with the, all the right hashtags and tag it properly they'll post on Instagram or social media. So that's another way. Oh, wow. Okay. By an incredible brand promoting the author's book. Oh, wow. Okay. You can't get that easily. Can you? You You cannot. No, I can't. I'm just, I'm, I'm gonna, we'll get back to your layers. I'm just kind of back in my head. I'm going, why? Like, why? Does a hotel do this? Why do you do this? So you just, it's in the back of my head. So we can go through the layers and come back to the why, or we could, it's just like. Let let me, let me stop. And I'm going to pause and I'm going to tell you how I decided to do this. Okay. And why I decided to do this. Okay. Many, many years ago in my Uh twenties, there was a guy that I was crazy about and his name was Rick. There's always a guy. Okay. (laughs) And and when you're in your twenties, you're sometimes a little silly. So the All guy, right. so this guy said to me, "Okay, 
He said, if you learn how to scuba dive, now we were dating, right? So, but he said, if you learn how to scuba dive uh-huh. and you're certified, I'll take you to the Caribbean. And I okay. went, okay, not many people would actually do that. So I did. I jumped into the pool at the YMCA in New York City. Okay. I got certified in a disgusting quarry in New Jersey okay. on October 31st. I'll never forget it. And I got certified. And he said, great, we're going to go to the Caribbean. So we go to the Caribbean. Plane is taken off. We have a great time on the plane. We get to the hotel. He opens up the door to the hotel. And he, before we walk in, he says, you know, Jane, I really like you a lot. But. There's always so- a but. I missed the last one. But. I'm not interested in having a boyfriend-girlfriend relationship with you. And this was my boyfriend that we were going away for a romantic seven days of scuba diving in the Caribbean. And he tells me before walking into the hotel room, he doesn't want to be my boyfriend. So I was completely devastated. I'm 22 and I'm like almost hysterical. And, but right, I remembered right before I left for the vacation, my uh-huh. stepmother gave me a book to read called Cry to Heaven by Anne Rice. And I had the book. And I said, okay. And I walked into the room. There were two twin beds, two queen beds. And I got one, he got the other. And I read my book and I was like, went into the world of this book. And I always remember, take a book with you, no matter what you do, whenever you travel. Absolutely. And so, but don't forget, you know, in those days, even now, there aren't that many bookstores around and they're not, in those days, there was no Amazon. you there was no e. You couldn't download because there was no cell phones. It was before, it was a long time ago. So in the back of my brain, I always had this idea: take a book with you when you go to a hotel. So okay. I started. So that was the germ of the idea that stayed with me. And I was a TV producer for Good Morning America and Wall Street Journal TV and ABC and Entertainment Tonight. In the back of my brain, I always had this idea: like how to marry books and hotels. Okay. And that was the germ back years ago that stayed with me that had me just call up a hotel in New York City at the Mandan Oriental, New York, my first hotel. And I said, what do you think of this idea? And they go, oh, we love it. So we, I started at the Mandan Oriental and it's been going ever since. And now we have like 28, 30 hotels or something like that. Okay. I'm going to be devil's advocate here. Okay. Okay. You, okay. You just said... Take a book with you wherever you go. Yes. And I travel about four times a year. Okay. And whenever I travel, at any given time, I have about 10 to 20 books. Good. My e-reader. Okay. Right. So I walk into, where are we going? The Waldorf Astoria. There we go. I walk into this Waldorf Astoria Hotel. Beverly Hills. Beverly Hills. Okay. Beverly Hills. I'm in this wonderful hotel. I go in, I check it out. And there are these two books right, on my bedside table. Right. Exactly. So why? So right what, by- what, what would my reaction be? I, I mean, I'll tell you what I'm thinking, oh my God, did I buy these books? <laughs> I like to have to pay yeah. extra for these books. What are these books doing here? And then okay. the question would be, I got all these books. Okay. Why do I need to read so, these? Okay. Okay. Go every, ahead. Hotel, every hotel, okay. so one I just have on my desk, okay. has some kind of a tented card. 
that says, with okay. our compliments, these books are for you to take home. They are free, complimentary, enjoy. Every hotel has some kind of information, a tinted card on top of the books that gives the guest a surprise and a delight. We're here to make books discoverable. You enjoy this. This is a complimentary gift. Now, you may come with 10 books. Not all everybody does, and not everybody has an e-reader. There may be two books on their nightstand that says, wow, this is cool. Wow, I never, I, never, I never knew this author before. So it's about discoverability. Okay. And so we're giving the author an opportunity to be discovered by a potential new reader. Okay. Um, I really want to get back to the layers, but I'm just like, this is okay. going in a different direction. But That's okay. It's like the discoverability of an author. Tell yes. me what your thoughts are about um, reading peer pressure. What I mean by that is there are like famous books out there that we've all heard of. Right. And you read it and you feel a sense of obligation to say good things about it because everyone else is saying good things. And there's this thing that I have to fit into society. It's peer pressure. And so you like those books. And so if, if you were to say, oh, there's this new book. I don't know. My niece told me I was, I had all these books from um, Kindle Prime puts out a book every month. And I was like, oh, pick a book. And she looked at me and she said, auntie, why are you reading all these obscure books? And all of a sudden I have peer pressure with my own niece. So, so number one, there is peer pressure with book clubs, first of all. Okay. Where somebody picks a book and then they all have to read it. And that's an agreement between the book clubs. There is um, a list somewhere Uh or many lists of books that you should not, books that you need to read in your lifetime. Right. Love and death in the, in the time of cholera or something. Right. Yes. Move your cheese even or of mice and men. Correct. Or war and peace. Correct. There are reason why there are, there is a list of books that, one should read in one's lifetime because they're classics and the reasons why they are classics. I'm going to give you information. Okay. The only thing that you cannot get back in life is time. Absolutely. If you are drawn emotionally or psychologically to open up a book and you start reading it, and I always give a book 50 pages. I'm very generous. Okay. If it doesn't move you or your the story doesn't grab you or suck you in somehow, put it down. Life is short. Don't waste your time with something that's not moving you personally. Absolutely. I agree with you. Not everything is for everybody. Like, you know, that's the way life is. That's the world. So regarding peer pressure, uh-huh. that's on your head because I have people that there are books that I've represented that everybody in the world, like number one best-selling books, of the year and people said, Oh my God, I love that book. And I went through 50 pages and I wasn't resonating with me, but I, and I said, you know what? Everyone loved it, but this is the book I like better. I have, everyone's different. So I don't fall into peer pressure and I'm sitting near me are the best 
bestsellers of all time. And I haven't, I don't have time to read a lot of books because okay. I'm in the book business and I have to read what I need to read for my clients. Sure. So I have to be very careful when I go on vacation, what I'm really going to take with me. Okay. And um, so peer pressure, let it go out the door. Don't worry about your niece. <laughs> okay. Because, you know, sometimes you're like, I feel like, okay, I'm a bookish person now. I've read so many books. I have a book podcast. And all of a sudden, if someone says, hey, have you read this book or this book? And I say, no, I've actually read uh, Jane Meyer's company. You know, they put out right. these books. I've read those books and I really like them. They're like, oh, it's nice. Yeah, yeah, that's great. That's great. Thank Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? And I do, I, I do. I mean, listen, um, I have a lot of friends in, in book clubs and sometimes I feel really jealous that I'm not in this cool book club, but I can't uh-huh. be. I cannot be, I cannot have the pressure of needing to read that one book for the month because I have to read so many books. So that's the way it is. Sure. Speaking so. of book clubs, I do have a question about book clubs. Okay, if I can answer it, I will. I'm not in a book club, but go ahead. If you were to recommend three books Ooh. from my book club, I, I have a book club that I literally okay. just started in January. I would like three books, and okay. I will review them, and then I might pick one for my book okay. club. Okay, ready? Ready. I mean, it's recording uh, anyway, say, but... Okay, that's great. Ready. Number one... I would probably pick as a memoir. This is one of my favorite books of the entire year. Last year was called Holy Unraveled, W-H-O-L-L-Y Unraveled by Kiel Bergen, B-U-R-G-I-N. It's a fabulous book. I opened it up. I did not leave my bedroom until I finished. Literally, it's like you cannot stop. In fact, actually, I was traveling and... Um, I had to get on a plane and I had 30 pages left when the plane landed, I had 30 pages left and I was dying and I had to go see my mother and I I fly into the Bay area where she lives. I go see my mom. I said, mom, I have to leave you just for like a half an hour. I know you just saw me, but I have to go do something right now and I need my (laughs) privacy. So I, she lives in a complex and there was a pool there and I ran out to the pool and I finished my 30 pages. <laughs> that is, that is awesome. Because I couldn't stop. It was uh, crazy. It was an unbelievable book. Number one. Okay. Book Number one. two, another book that I totally loved. Okay. Uh, was a book by a woman named Hank Felipe Ryan. Okay. And she wrote a book called The Murder List. It's one of my fun, fabulous, it's like a courtroom drama. Murder List or mur- Murder Less? The Murder List, L-I-S-T. Okay. This is an awesome book. It's a courtroom uh, murder mystery thriller that's fabulous. Okay. Okay. Another book that I really loved is a book called Lost Tomorrows. And it's by a guy named Matt Coyle. And it's Mm -hmm. also, it's about a a private detective, private investigator who lives in San Diego. And he finds out that his former boss and friend and colleague was murdered in Santa Barbara. And I don't want to say anymore. And he goes back to the funeral and stuff happens. So I loved every page of that book and I just read it nonstop. So those are three different uh, kinds of books and I just love them. I mean, I have so many great books. 
Uh, oh, this is another great book that I okay. loved, loved, loved. I'm telling you, I like thrillers, murder, oh, mystery. I'm, I'm beginning to realize that. Yes. I like, this is a great book called Bluff. Bluff by, by Jane, Jane Stanton, Stanton Hitchcock. Hitchcock. Yes. Okay. Awesome. 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 Awesome book. Okay. Um, yeah. We have lots of uh, phenomenal looking at my books. Do here. you do any um, modern fiction or just? Yes. I mean, there are, we have regular, you know, I mean, just like, yes, of course. Like, uh, I don't want to say chiclet, but yes, we we do women's fiction or do you mean like regular fiction? Like regular fiction, uh, Um, example, example on books that are famous. (laughs) I hate to use the word famous, but, uh, like a man called Uva, Bear Town, like Batman, those kind of things. Yes, we do. Crawdads. Yes, we do. And I mean, during the summer is when I get all those books. Because okay. that's when the publishers are really pushing those great books, those fiction books. Okay. So, yes, we get them all the time, all summer long. And then during the year, the rest of the time of the year, we look at a lot of independent authors that need to be discovered. Okay. So I kind of am uh, becoming an expert for independent authors, but I, we work with all the major publishers anyway. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So let's go back to our um, the lake. Yes. Okay. Cake. Yes. Cake. Okay. So we are at a hotel. We had the hotel. So we had, so we had, so and we the, had the foundation. The foundation. foundation. Right. Is the hotel, and then they do the social media for the book in the room. Yes. The next layer is what I would like to call our print media layer. So what does that mean? I have a relationship with Women's World Magazine, okay. which is still the number one women's weekly in America. Wow. And I know. 5.8 million uh, subscribers every single week. That's great. Put my podcast on it, by the way, while we're at it. But okay. Right, there you go. Okay. Then, then uh, they have, this is called Bauer Media. And then okay. they have about um, seven other magazines, two in print and five online. And they do what we call a, uh, they have a sweepstakes, like win these prizes. So we do tons and tons and tons of win our books and a stay at one of our luxury hotels. So the package is like a $2,000 package and we get about 60 to 124,000 women, some men, entering to win these books and the stay at the hotel. So we do this every month with them. So every month they're pushing us out to millions and millions of people. So for an author, you're getting the eyeballs of all of these readers. You that know, is, magazine readers. Yeah. Wow. Okay. And then we have a relationship with a magazine called the Hollywood Weekly, and they give me yes. four pages every month, and I write a column called Books to Devour. Okay. And, and then, so every author is guaranteed to be in all of these different platforms, and we have a business platform, a business uh, magazine, and we have um, lots of different layers of magazines. So it's print and online okay. media. Okay. Okay, so that's like another layer. All right. Then another layer is Bedside Reading has a newsletter that goes out to 8,000 people every month. So in that, and these are readers, people that love to read books. And they've been subscribing to me and we do what's up with Bedside Reading. And we talk about book signings and book events and new books to discover, new authors and stuff going on. Okay. That's another layer. Okay. And then another layer that we have is our own social media. So we do Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, and that's another layer. Then we just started something called the Authors That Thrive podcast. 
So we have a podcast partner and his name is Lou Diamond and he is our host. He has 2 million, uh, an outreach to 2 million people. Wow. 15,000 downloads for every podcast. That is great. Yeah. He's a great partner. So he'll interview our authors and then we take the podcast and then we'll put it on the in-room TVs and websites of our hotels. Okay. So if you're going to, let's say, the Commonwealth Hotel in Boston, okay, and you go into their room, there'll be a bookmark there, which is like this, like a bookmark. Okay. And then it's a, and then this bookmark has a QR code that goes to our the podcast library. Okay. And then there are other books here where these QR codes go to mm-hmm. the individual books where people can buy the books. Okay. And that's another layer. Okay. And then another layer that we have is that I do on occasion, we do book signings at different five-star hotels. Okay. So that's what we do. So it's a layered approach to bookmarking a little out of the box, but it's about getting the book and the author to the right kind of so to a sophisticated reader that's going to go to a five-star hotel. Okay. So you're not actually in publishing. No. The publishers come to you. And, and, the, and the authors come to me, yes. And the authors come to you. How do yes. the authors find out about you? Let's oh, say I wrote a book. How do I even know that you exist? I mean, now that I know, but if I didn't know. Well, you could... It's a word of mouth in different book marketing online communities. Mm-hmm. It could be that you Google book marketing ideas. Okay. It could be that um, you, somebody went to a hotel, saw what we do, and uh, we get a lot of referrals that way. A lot of authors refer us to other authors. Oh, so wow. Okay. We get a lot of business that way. A lot of social media. We get a lot of people from Instagram and LinkedIn, big time from LinkedIn. Oh, wow. Okay. So, you know, it's like any business. We're promoting our product, which is the services, a right. lot of different layers. That's what okay. Speaking of business, tell me, I want to know two first days, okay? The first day that you decided that that's it. I am going to do this. What happened that day? And the other first day I want you to tell me about is the day you officially opened your business. business. Okay. So there's a third day. Okay. All right. Let's go. Let's go third day too. Okay. <laughs> okay. This is actually four days. Okay. That's okay. First day. So okay. March, March 27th, 2017. Okay. My best friend passed away. I'm sorry. Me too. Thank you. I was devastated and I had been doing a different business. And the day that she died, I said, I'm done with this other business. I was not feeling fulfilled. I was feeling drained and cranky Mm -hmm. and I'm done. Okay. So I said to my husband, I'm done. Okay. But I needed to figure out what what my next step was going to be. And honestly, every night, I was thinking to myself, why doesn't Noreen, who passed away, mm-hmm. my dearest friend, why doesn't she come to me in my dreams, Aww. like to tell me what to do? Oh. 
So I said to my husband one morning, where the F is Noreen? Now, <laughs> one night I said, where the F is Noreen? And why doesn't she come talk to me in my dreams? Like I, I said it out loud. Okay. The very next morning, I had this dream and I don't want to cry, but it's very true. I mean, I was sitting at this very beautiful long oak table and I'm on one side and Noreen is the head of the table and she takes her fingers and she intertwines her fingers with mine. Oh my gosh. And I said, Noreen, you're dead. How come I feel your fingers? And she said, because you need to feel that I'm with you all the time. Oh my God. And I woke up from the dream and I started to cry. I was sobbing. Oh my God. And all of a sudden, I mean, I'm crying and my husband says, honey, like, what's, are you okay? And I went, you won't believe this. Noreen spoke to me and I'm like, it's unbelievable. And then like the next day I had this idea for bedside reading. And I think it was like this portal that opened up for me. It was like inspiration from Noreen. Mm -hmm. So I always joked that Noreen is my partner on the other side. Got it. And I okay. talk to her all the time. Hey, Noreen, bring it on, babe. You know, I talk to her. We, ch we like, I just talk to her all the time. Right. Absolutely. She's right there with you. She is. So I decided this was going to be my business. And when I'm putting together the plan, I decided, well, I needed a very strong day to open this up. Okay. And I put out some letters to some of my contacts in different areas. And I put out a letter to this contact at Random House. And I said, I'm, you know, I have a new company. It's called Bedside Reading. Replacing, and I had called the Mandarin Oriental and I set it up. Okay. And I said, I'm doing this. I have the Mandarin Oriental. Do you want to promote any authors? And they go, yes. And they, I said, who is it? And they go, Salman Rushdie. I went. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. I went August 15th, twenty. 17. Okay. My first hotel is the Mandarin Oriental, New York. And my first book is Salman Rushdie. Could you get any better? I'm, I'm, oh. I'm a little speechless here. So I got my first book into the Mandarin Oriental and it was a bit, and then all of a sudden we're emailing to different publishers and they're, they question me. They're like, what's the ROI and blah, 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 whatever their things are. And so that's how it started. And I haven't looked back. We've had some really amazing authors and, you know, that's what we do. Okay. So how do you get paid for this? Like who pays you? Really, the author or the, or the publisher pays us a marketing fee. Okay. For, it's a package. They okay. could do two hotels, four hotels. They could do, um, uh, 10 hotels, whatever they want. There's different prices for different fees. Oh, they okay. They go into the Hamptons. They could do a podcast by themselves. They could do whatever they want. Oh, okay. Okay. You were going to so tell me something interesting. So years ago, okay, I went to one of those seminars where it's like self-actualization and law of attraction and all that. Oh, yeah, stuff. yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Back in the whatever. So, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Anyway, what was interesting to me was that back then I had this dream or dream or this concept or this idea that I would make a certain number amount of money that was outrageous to like per month. Because I think the question was the guy, the guy's question was, 
how much money do you want to make a month? Sure. So I threw out some wild, crazy number, like so out of my realm of beingness that- $105 billion. Okay. Something crazy. Okay. Not that crazy, but something ridiculous for me. Right, right, right. Sure. Okay. And then last, not this past August, let's see, what was it? August, 2018. I looked down because I have to look at a P&L, you know, what you're bringing in, all that stuff. And I started to cry. I made that number that month. That's awesome. Congratulations. It was incredible. incredible. So it was very interesting feeling of like, wow, I really have accomplished something. And then, so, you know, I always believe in having ideas of what you want. Okay. And then making a decision of having it. It's not wanting, it's having. Okay. So for example, I'll give you okay. a great example. All right. I really, really, really wanted to be uh, in the Wall Street Journal. I really okay. wanted it. Okay. And I was bugging my publicist, Elisa, who is like a marketing partner and my BFF, and I love her to pieces. I said, I really want the Wall Street Journal. I really want the Wall Street Journal. I really want the Wall Street Journal. And she goes, I'm, I'm on it, I'm on it, I'm on it. And nothing ever happened. And all of a sudden, Tuesday, they call to interview me. That's awesome. I know. So here's the concept. Okay. When you want something, okay. it means you don't have it. Correct. But when you make a decision that you already have it. Correct. Then you don't want it anymore. How could you want some, Look, here's, a, here's some water in my hand, right? Correct. If I said, I really want some water, it means I don't have anything in my hand. Correct. If I have some water in my hand, why do I, I don't want it because I have it. Correct. Very simple. Right. There's a shift between wanting, which is negative. Correct. It's aspirational, but it's negative, and making a decision to have it. So okay. if I have water, I don't want water because I have it. Okay. So I made a decision that I was already in the Wall Street Journal. I'm already in the New York Times. I'm already talking to you. I'm on every podcast around. I have a flow of authors that appreciate me that are the best authors. I don't want authors that are a drain on on me or whatever. That's what I want. Wow. I mean, that's forget wanting. I decided to have it. So I shifted in spiritually from wanting to having. So when I have it, I don't want it. I can let go and I can put my energies into taking the action steps to bring in from another dimension what I already have. Okay. And Noreen's bringing it to you. And Noreen is my partner on the other side. Yes. Right. And exactly. And Noreen is my business partner. Yes. Right. And if she were here now and she's probably laughing and Aww. saying, yeah, but I don't get paid. <laughs> Anyway, well, actually, she's really laughing, and I'll tell you why she's laughing. Because I would say to her, you know, Noreen, you're such a bitch. <laughs> she would say, no, actually, Jen, you're my bitch. Well, I would say, Noreen, how dare you leave? I mean, I didn't give you right. permission, right? Well, I mean, that's what I would say. You know, ask actually, me next time. Actually, here's the way I look at it. Time uh-huh. is interesting, and I'll be with her soon enough, and it's okay when I get there. Okay. How's that? Oh, okay. She's already with me, so it's fine. Right, right, right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Physical bodies are your physical body. It's your spirit and your soul that stays forever. True. 
No, absolutely. I, I completely, um, I hear you. So I, what is next for you and for bedside reading? Okay. So that's a really great question. So here's what's next for me. What's next for me is to scale this in such a way that I have surround, that I surround myself with amazing people that are in service to the authors that get what I get because I'm in okay. service. So the Correct. joy I have in my life is to be in service that I surround, I build it with other people in my business that are in love with books, that they are here to help the authors and that they have that kind of feeling about the way I have. So in working and getting my business to another level, is I'm in search for those kinds of people that um, understand what it takes. And as I grow financially mm-hmm. and I make my checkpoints of fin- finances, then what I really feel is that I am, number one, I'm open to receiving. So there's a, there's a spirituality about it that I'm open to receiving the right people to help me bring this to another level. And I don't even know what that level is, but every, you know, as we grow, we're adding more and more elements that are interesting and of service to our authors. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now I'm a former TV news producer, Good Morning America, Wall Street Journal, ABC, Entertainment. Yeah. I, I want to know all about that too. I'm just kind of like, wow. And I made a couple movies. I made a couple movies and I learned very early on in my career that when you do things for the right reasons and you have your intention is to really help pe- for me, not everybody. Oh, absolutely. My, my intention has always been to help others. That's my intention. And I lived by the rule of kindness. I'm always trying to be kind. Even if I'm brutally honest, I try to be kind. Okay. Um, and so, and I always worry about that. I mean, today, um, my Alicia, my assistant, and I interviewed somebody, and I had to be brutally honest with this young woman, uh-huh. and I was trying to be kind about it, but she came to interview for a job completely ill-prepared, without a resume. She hadn't looked at my website. She hadn't Googled me, and she had no information or enthusiasm for my product or me or my company. So I really politely said to her, as, as kindly as I could, uh-huh. In your next interview, it probably behooves you to Google the person because you don't know if your family member is, if I've worked with them or if they know each other and you should look at my bedside reading and you should really, if you love my business, right. come in bursting with ideas, bursting. Right. Don't sit there like a, like, you know, a lemon, you know, or a lox or something. So. Right. Anyway, I have to, I have to tell you this. Okay. I know this is recording and it'll probably be on the podcast, but when I looked you up, I looked you up on Instagram, right? Uh, Alyssa was like, Hey, you know, Jane, I was like, okay, fine. As time's coming on, I'm like, okay, I need to, let me, I at least need to tag her company in what I'm doing. And I looked you up and it said that you were on Forbes. Yeah. And I just kind of about stopped. And I was yes. like, Oh my God, I, 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 I just literally froze. I was like, Hi, I'm going to talk to someone who was on Forbes. Oh my gosh. And I got so intimidated. So for two <laughs> days, I've been, no, this is the funny story is for two days, I got so intimidated. I've just been running round and round in circles. And my husband's like, look, this is what you do. You talk to people. It's fine. Just talk to her. You want, you're curious <laughs> about this. It's fine. So I said, okay, it's all fine. Everything's good. And then 
I was talking to Alyssa and she's like, oh yeah, she was producer of Good Morning America. And I'm like, this was yesterday, I think, or something. Right. And I went, I, I, you know, just when I recovered from the Forbes thing and now I'm, <laughs> I, and I was literally like, I am so intimidated right now. I don't even know. But That's are you awesome. intimidated right now? No, I'm not intimidated right now. I'm, I'll be no, very honest. I am in awe of you. Oh, that's so sweet. Thank you. But I am in awe of everything you have gotten, you know, you've achieved. And um, that's because like you, I'm a hard worker. We have good intentions. We're kind people. uh And we're really here about servicing and helping others. Whether or not it's on TV or in print or whatever we do, we're really here to help people in this planet, right? Right. And, And if you go down to my, strip away a couple of things, my core beingness is about raising the vibrational level of every human being I come in contact with. That's, That's the beautiful. Core of who I am. That is beautiful. So the only way I know how to do what I do, I mean, I have a gift for marketing. I have a gift for a knack of knowing when things will be trending ahead of time, like a year or two ahead of time. I have those gifts and I don't abuse them. I use them. And of course, Norena's on the other side helping me. Sure. Uh, but I think that as a human being, uh-huh. it doesn't matter whether I am, you know, like Richard Branson is the, you know, a billionaire and he owns the airlines and he owns a, a cruise line and he owns this and that, and he's a billionaire. But when you meet Richard Branson, okay, which I have, that's awesome. And he said to me, what do you do? And I sat with him, and at the time, I had, was in the celebrity gift bag business, and I had just done this big event for him at the launch of Virgin America, and I said, besides this, I said, you know, I'm a teacher. I was teaching at FIT in New York City, which is Fashion Institute of Technology in oh, New wow. York City, and I was teaching students how to become an entrepreneur, and, uh-huh. after I, and I said to him, and you know, I read your book called Losing My Virginity. And I said, this book was the most important book of my life. And I make everybody in my class read it. And he, go, and he looked at me and he goes, really? I said, yes. I said, I was, you know, when I read it, I started it like at 10 o'clock at night. And I finished it the following day at 4.30 in the morning. And I actually woke up my husband. And I said, oh, my God, this is like the greatest book. I love this guy. I love what he says, who he is. And... It's, you know, and so when I got to meet Richard Branson, it was a very, like, he's a cool dude. You know, he's a regular guy. And it just tells you he's not full of himself. He doesn't have any airs and very down to earth and really focused with you, looks you in the eyes Mm -hmm. and looks at you one-on-one. And that's a lot to absorb. So forget about the Forbes and the Good Morning America and the Wall Street Journal and the Entertainment Center, whatever all that stuff is. Okay. Really about when you feel that you need to do something in your life and your passion, go do it. That's what you should go do. And if there are things in your way, you have to you have to look at what's in my way. Is it a real roadblock or is it something I need to just to get on the other side? Right. You know. And you know, I just told um, somebody today. I said some of the best deals that you make in life are the Uh deals that you don't make. 
My husband okay. always says that to me. So okay, for example, wait, I got to, I got to process this. Some of the best the deals, deals you make in life that you make in life are the deals that you don't make. I'll give you an example. Okay. I was up for uh, a job okay. a long, long time ago for a lot of money for a big TV station. It was with Oprah. Oh, wow. One of Oprah shows. And at the very last minute, they had made me an offer and I didn't get it at the very last minute. Very, very last minute. And I was crushed. And then I realized, I said, you know, why am I going to go take that job where you have to work 24 hours a day and be away from this man that I just moved to New York for, from LA to New York to be with this man. If it's going to take me out of town to go work on a job. Right. So they made the decision for me, but okay. that, was, that was the best deal that I did not do for okay. whatever reason. Because it got me to stay in New York City so I can be with this, boy, this man I was dating, then we, I, who ultimately I married. Very, very good. I, there's a, my dad always says, everything happens for good. For, for a reason. For yes. a reason, and everything happens for good. Like, I cannot see why something happened, but everything that's happened in my life has gotten me where I am. That's if right. I, if I hadn't gone through whatever I'd gone through, perhaps I might be complacent. I wouldn't be following my passion and doing podcasting every exactly. free moment I get. <laughs> right? <laughs> and, reading. right. And, reading. and reading. And reading. Right. right. And, and meeting really interesting people. Oh my gosh. Yes. I mean, sometimes the p- people that you meet through the podcast, they could say one thing that will take you in another direction in your life. Yes. So there's a reason why you're talking to me and why you talk to everybody else that you talk to. And all the people, even though there are these credentials, look, I, I'm, you know, no longer in my twenties and I, it's been a long time and all of my credits and the movies and the TV. So what? It wasn't all easy. It was hard, hard work. Absolutely. And all the, all those years brought me to where I am today. All of that, um, I would say all those experiences absolutely brought me to where I am today. So some people said, Oh my God, you've only been you know, in business two years with bedside reading. Look what I've accomplished. Well, you know what? I had all those years before working my tush off. So I learned all the things I need to learn it to, to utilize in this particular business. Right. I was actually, when I was so intimidated by you and all of that, I said, Oh my gosh, I told my husband, Brad, I said, Brad, I just found out this woman I'm talking to is, you know, she was in Forbes, she's this, and I, I'm kind of, I'm this little person, and how did this happen, Brad? How, how did this happen? That, I mean, like, it's just all of a sudden the switch went off, and this just happened? And he looked at me, and he said, no, a switch didn't go off. You didn't get lucky or anything like that. The reason this happened is because you worked at your podcast and you just right. continue to do it right. no matter what. So and, uh, I just want, wait, I'm going to jump in for a minute. Yeah, please. My dad is 88 years old and he just published his first novel. That's awesome. And his saying in life is this, the harder you work, the luckier you get. 
Oh, absolutely. Yes. You working hard, you connected to Elisa, my publicist or my marketing partner, and she connected to you to me. So it's all about intertwining, making connections. Right. That's what this is about. Right. And um, I like what you said about being of service to others and helping others. Because like when I think of a book, right, there might be a book, there was a book, it's a very, um, it's a pretty famous book, Red, White, and Royal Blue. You've heard of it? Vaguely. Okay. It's a, I think it's young adult. It's Could be, yeah. It's a new thing. And, um, and so I read this book. And personally, I was like, okay, it's fine. I, I guess it's because I'm a 47-year-old woman. It just, I don't know. It didn't, it was fine. I liked it. Right. Okay, it's cute. Okay, move right. on. But... When someone asked me for a recommendation and she was younger and you really talk to them and you go, I know her, she would like this book. So just because I wasn't like in them, she would. So you use that as a board to service her and help her say, here's, this is for you. Right. We do that all the time. I mean, I haven't been, I don't get to read every book that I work on, but a lot of books are, they're not for everybody. And you have to be, you have to know your audience and you have to know what will help others. So, you know, we recommend books all the time. In fact, I write for a farm magazine twice a year on what books to get and give in the Uh holiday time and summer, best summer reading. So there are always great books that we recommend. And it's, some of them are not for me. I mean, I don't read a lot of women's fiction, but right. I like thrillers. That's my thing. You know, that's everyone's different. I'd like business books that are, I like memoirs and I like business books that I can really grow and change, you know, shift. Okay. So you always, yes, you have to be in service when you do recommendations. So I, that's true. And I'm glad that you got to read that YA book because I probably wouldn't have. Well, you know, it just just came up. I, oh, okay. Uh, We just talked about, you just talked about your business books, right? Because you did say earlier on that one of the categories of books that you put on the bedside is business. Yes. But you also said you do not put self-help on there. No, I would not. And I'll tell you on my podcast, when I talk, I put, business motivation, self-help, and I group it together in one category. Be- okay, I-, I know uh, you're shaking my- your head here. You're like, no, no, no. I Let me explain, and then you could just tell me how I'm okay. wrong. I believe all business, right, is an interaction between two individuals. It's a selling point or whatever it is. And to do that, you have to be you have to come from an honest place and you have to come from a giving place. And so that's where the self-help comes in and it, it maintains you. It elevates you to put your best foot forward and for the betterment of your business. So I always find it, I find it intertwined, even like leadership. Is that business or is that self-help? Because technically you could say, well, no, leadership is definitely business. Yes, it is, but it's also self-help because 
you're a leader, whether you're talking to your own kids or your husband, or you're in your own business talking, you're a leader. So self-help business. So your turn. Okay. So here's what my definition. Okay. So I love books of, in for my audience at five-star hotels. Okay. Leadership is, is my lead category. I love that. We're okay. awesome. We, we, uh, ideation, vision, big ideas, how to come up with the big idea or how to be innovative is different than how to make a sale. How to books teaching. Look, if you think about who's coming to my hotels, okay. people that are already successful, okay, they don't need how to learn about, you know, making that, a sale. That is, that is true. That they don't how to lose weight, how to <laughs> so whatever. Okay, okay. Start, I don't do books on entrepreneurship, on how to be an entrepreneur, because the people going to my hotels are spending five, six, seven, eight, a thousand dollars a night. They don't need that. Absolutely not. But they might need books on how to be a, a great leader in their business. How and if you think about it, my business book, the authors their need is to get in front of the people that are staying at my hotels so that we can be of service to those guests by providing content that they are going to resonate with. Okay. Make sense? No, it, it absolutely in does make sense. Hold on. In the summertime, okay. I'm a little bit easier in the Hamptons where I'll do cookbooks and I'll do how to lose weight or I'll do how to um, write a book. Like I have a book on, uh, there's a company that's wrote a book called How to Outsource Your Book. And the reason why I'm doing that is because the people in the Hamptons, while they're often sophisticated and they are affluent, okay, they might be thinking about, oh, I might want to write a memoir or I might want to write a book because everybody else is and they don't know how to. So that book is right there for them. It's a little oh. different. Okay. Because the Hamptons are... You're in the summer, you're relaxing, and it's a little loosey, looser than it is at the five-star hotels. You, you know, you make a very valid point. You're absolutely right. I, I didn't think about it. Obviously, if someone's in, your, in the hotel and they're paying, like you said, five, 6000 a night, they're already well, what, up there. Maybe not that much, but usually it's okay. 500, what, 500 to 1500 a night. What, whatever. whatever. Whatever they're paying right. a night, but right. they're in a nice enough hotel that they've already gotten past certain levels. Exactly. So why right. are they, you know, because I read a lot of self-help. I mean, I read business too and all that. And after a while, as I'm reading this, I'm going up, oh, nope, been there, done that. Okay, Right, so next, you, want, you want to next, go to the next level. Yeah, what is the next level? And now when you, someone brings me a book, I'm going, okay, uh, this right. is not. Right, so, so I get. Reading, right, and I'm reading a book now called The Changemaker uh, by a guy named Deke uh, Copenhaver. Andy was the uh, was the mayor of Augusta, Georgia, okay. for nine years, and it's okay. a really interesting book. And it's all about being being of service and making positive changes, not only internally but in the world, and being a force of change. Okay, and it's really inspiring. So, okay, my that is my number one recommendation actually for today. Uh, Repeat That's that name what, of the book again. It's the, called The Change Maker. The Change Maker. Okay. Yes. 
He is awesome. He's inspiring. Uh, I adore him. And I think together, you know, his so such brilliant energy that oh, wow. I, it's contagious and lovely, kind, kind human being. That's the best kind. I know. He's, he's fabulous. So, he's so, great. um, Sharon and Ziegler. Sharon. Yes. Oh my God. I met her at a, at the American Library Association convention. Okay. We were walking, my husband and I were walking down the aisle and he goes, that looks interesting. So I met her and her husband and she goes, here's my book. And she signed it. And I actually read it that night. Okay. I went home to my, back to my hotel and I read it. And where's her book? Where's the association? Where's that book? Somewhere around here. Okay. Um, and so we, I love her. I love the book. And I read it and I, I thought it was great. And now months later, she decides to join the program. Here's her book. Okay. And, you know, and it's fantastic. Great, I, great book. Did you read it? No, I have to, I have to tell you a story about her. Okay. Because, um, after I started following you on Instagram, I guess Sharon saw me. Right. And she followed me. Good. Yes. And Great. she And she contacted me and she said, hey, you want to read my book? Great. And I was like, well, I'm a podcaster, so sure, I can, we can work it out, you know, and I'm, you yeah. know, my the wheels are spinning going, okay, I got to schedule this. I got, you know, I got all these books to read and all of that. So uh, she is sending me a signed copy of her book. I should be getting it today. That's fantastic. In fact, I love this book and I read it right away. And the minute you open the book up, the minute you start reading, now this is fiction, it's courtroom drama. And it's- That's great. It's a mystery. It's like a a little bit of a thriller. You can read it. Go go and read the first few lines. Okay. Chapter one, the dismissal. I arrived half an hour early, despite having an unshakable reputation as a steadfast latecomer. It was a windy, cool day in mid-March when I entered the Gothic-style building and proceeded through the metal detectors manned by armed guards. Quite unsure of where I needed to be, I was obliged to ask one of, them, one of them for directions, and notwithstanding my best efforts at politeness, the stern-looking gatekeeper from whom I sought guidance did not verbally respond to my plea for help. Instead, he dismissively pointed in an easterly direction, but refusing to look at me. I didn't want to go. I will tell you, read it. You will love it. You will go right into that story, like Zoom. Okay. This is a great piece of fiction, and I... She, she was a finalist in the National Indie Excellence Awards. Right. And I love her. And Sharon is awesome. So you just met her. You were just walking by? Yes. And my husband said, let's go talk to her. And I went, let's do it. And now she's a friend and I'm helping her. And she's in my program. And she's going to be in like 13 hotels or something crazy like that. And the Hamptons and all these hotels. So she, we're really excited. Yeah, I... I saw that cover. It's a, it's a gorgeous cover. It's, you, you know what? It, it's what I think it's really, what I like about the cover is it's, it's simplicity. That's yeah. what makes it gorgeous. Yes. I, I, I mean, agree. it's I the agree. wrong word. It's the wrong word. You're right. It's, it's a great style and it works. Yes. 
And it's appropriate and it works. Yes. And she did a great job. She really did. So. This is good. Was that her first book or? It's her first book. It oh, is. Oh, wow. Yep, it is. And she's great. Okay. I shouldn't ask too much about her because. No, you'll, I have, wonder- you'll, you'll have a lot to talk about and she's a great talker. Okay. That's, that's awesome. She is so nice. Like she's even. Very nice. Lovely. Oh my gosh. Wait, you know, you just get these good vibes when you talk to I, someone I, on Instagram. Right. She's terrific. Yes. She's smart. She gets it. She's terrific. Yes. Yeah. I was just like, I was like, wow, this is, it's really nice to meet warm, friendly people where she will. She's just, your heart is just like, oh my gosh, this person is just great. Right. She's, she is awesome. I have a um, few more questions. Like, have you experienced any major challenges for bedside reading? So the major challenges I think is educating the publishers and the authors about what we do. And then everyone says, what's the ROI on this investment? And I always say, we don't sell books. We promote the author. So it's been a real, it's about educating um, this. So that's what it's been about. Okay. You know. And uh, I know we kind of talked about this, but um, magic wand question. Okay. If I could wave wand. a magic wand, what would your life be like? Not just for that side reading, but just in general, everything. Okay. The magic wand is the following. Okay. Uh, we have a beautiful beach house. Okay. And I have a team of five to 10 people that are in a beautiful, we have a gorgeous office here in Stanford, Uh Connecticut. Everyone's working, but everything's coming and I'm on a beach house and I'm painting and my husband's there and that's what I see. Okay. Um, With the magic wand question, when you get that beach house, I expect an invite. I'm just telling you this right now. You're you're invited. Excellent. Um, I asked this pretty much of, all my, I guess, interviewees, my conversations, your earliest childhood memory of books? Early, Dick and Jane. Dick and, do you know Dick and Jane books? So there's Before Your Time, my earliest memories is learning how to read with these Dick and Jane and Sally series. That's okay. my earliest memory. Okay, and last question is top five favorite books of all time. Uh, Cry to Heaven by Anne Rice. I would say The Secret Garden. I would say, um, let's see, of all time, oh, easy. Uh, a book called Daddy by Luke Duran. It's uh, another book is called uh, The Quiet Game by Greg Isles. And I would say anything by Louise Penny or, um, or I love Louise Penny or Hoffman, uh, Alice Hoffman. Okay. Well, Jane, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's been absolutely lovely. Okay, good. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. And that's all I have. Do you have something you want to say about this episode or any other episode? Just record a voice memo and send it to my email at livingalifethroughbooks at gmail.com. I may include some of your comments in a future episode, so go at it and good luck. 
You can read my blogs on shanazahmed.com. That is S-H-A-H-N-A-Z-A-H-M-E-D.com. And please follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Living a Life Through Books. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a moment to review on Apple Podcasts or any of the other podcast engines you listen to. I love hearing from you all. Last but certainly not the least, the opening and closing music to this and all my previous episodes was composed by my husband, Brad Slavic. And that's it for this time. I'm Dr. Shanaz Ahmed with Living a Life Through Books, signing off. Remember to water the seeds within you. It's time. <laughs>